Well, good morning, church, uh, wherever you're at, whenever you're listening to this. Um, I miss you guys. We, we really love you, the pastors, the staff. We have spent a lot of time um, thinking about you and praying for you and wrestling together about this season and um, how to just faithfully shepherd and love you really well. Um, and so this morning, um, this sermon is, is going to be a bit unique. Um, you know, most, most sermons, um, pretty much every sermon that I've ever taught uh, is a reflection of 10 to 20 hours of study. And, and I just want to rightly divide the word of truth and I want to understand it in its original language and its context and the, the history and, and how it fits and what's the theology here. And, and I just want to make sure I get it right and I can make as clear as I can to you, uh, what the Holy Spirit has said in his word and, and then trust that the Spirit of God will, will use that in your life. That's, that's the normal process more or less of a sermon now. Now, this morning, this sermon is, is really different. Um, this sermon was put together um, in, in the past few hours. And, and what it actually represents is, is probably double the amount of time that I normally spend in, in sermon. And, and yet that time is reflected this week as um, I have prayed and wrestled and as the staff has, has spoken and, and um, the elders have talked and we've had meetings after meetings and we're, we're trying to bring together all of these truths of the Bible and what does it mean to be a church and how are we to be a church in this season and what is God doing in this season and, and how do we faithfully uh, follow Jesus as reality carpenteria in this season. And uh, so we, we spent a lot of hours praying and wrestling and speaking. And um, this sermon is, is more in, in a sense of an update. Uh, I want to update you about where we are at as a leadership, as the church. And we're going to do that by walking through a, a text of scripture. That's We're going to get in the scripture. We're going to understand a few things. And then through that process, I'm just going to fill you in with some information, um, really summing up where we're at as a church and really what's our plan about um, gathering um, again on Sundays and, and, and all of that. And so um, if you will open in your Bible with me to uh, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, um, 10, 24 and 25, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. The, the title for this sermon, if you will, is simply the word together. Um, I'm going to read these two verses, and really we're going to focus on only five words uh, in verse 25. We're just going to hone down on those words and, and then just consider some things that the Lord would have for us as a church. So let's read uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have given us your word and through it, you, you, you build your church and you save people, Lord. And 
You lead us and you guide us. You are the good shepherd and your sheep know your voice. So Jesus, be our shepherd now. Be the shepherd of reality carpentry of every person listening or watching this sermon. Would you shepherd us together, Lord? We know the day is drawing near. And so we want to consider how we can stir one another up in love and good deeds. And what does it mean to gather right now? So help us, help me, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're gonna focus on five words, okay? Uh, Verse 25, these five words, not neglecting to meet together. Now there's, those five words are far richer as, as is scripture than we would normally think or, or consider on the first, uh, reading or second reading. And, and I'm just gonna break this, uh, this text, those five verses, those five words into three points for you. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna consider this. First of all, what does it mean to not forsake the gathering? Number two, we're just gonna focus on to meet. And then three, together, okay? So we're just really focusing on bit by bit, not forsaking to meet together. And as we walk through these a few verses, these few words in scripture, um, we're just gonna consider a few things. For, what does this mean for us as a church right now? So, so the first thing to sum this up is, is do not forsake the gathering. Don't forsake it. That word uh, in the original language, not forsake, means don't throw it away. Don't just cast it aside. Don't just treat it as something useless or meaningless or optional. Now, here's the deal. We are living in a moment in history that, I mean, it's, it is so significant. A pandemic, a, a virus that is spreading across the globe. It's affecting, you could probably say every person on the planet has been affected by this virus, by this pandemic. Um, we as Christians have many um, things to consider. First of all, we have the government and the government has a God-given role to preserve and protect its citizens and whatever government you are under. And then we also have health officials and their job is to give guidance to the public and the government and uh, what to do there. Um, and then there's just general wisdom, like, okay, what, what's the right thing to do here? And, and I just wanna say this, we've said this before, there are biblical reasons not to get hundreds of people together for church. There are biblical reasons. Um, let me just bring up one biblical reason. Remember when Paul was in prison. Well, Paul couldn't go to church. He couldn't go to the gathering. Now, was Paul in sin? Was Paul no longer able to be a Christian? No. He worshiped God in his unique confinement and he sang and he, um, and he worshiped the Lord anyway. We also see in the Bible that there are those who are sick and they're unable to come to the gathering. And we also see that's why often the church, so to speak, goes to them and visits them and prays for them. The elders are called to pray for healing for them. And so we see in the Bible, there are times when uh, Christians are not able to get to the gathering. Now, one of those times 
is if there is such a thing as a pandemic and the government in the using their God-given authority says, hey, it's not wise to gather or you may kill people or put people at risk. Um, that is a God-given prerogative for the government. And so under these circumstances, hear me, we are not disobeying Hebrews 10.25 when we don't gather as a church. Uh, we are obeying God when we obey uh, our government when it is attempting to preserve and protect life. It is not throwing away the gathering if we are willingly, sacrificially um, not assembling together. Now, hear me. There are invalid reasons to not come to church, okay? The, listen, there, you can forsake the gathering. There's such a thing as just treating the gathering of the people of God as, you know what, whatever. For example, um, I love to fly fish and I'm probably gonna be fly fishing next weekend. And if I just decided, do you know what? I love fly fishing so much. I'm just gonna go fly fishing every weekend. And um, yeah, the church is open, but I'm just gonna continue to fly fish because I feel closer to God when I'm fly fishing. Well, I'm, I'm pretty much qualifying for, hey, Bo, you're neglecting to meet together. There are invalid reasons to not assemble as the people of God, but there are biblical reasons to assemble as the people of God. And in this season that we are under, we have been living and experiencing in a, in, in a season where we cannot um, gather as normal. And so we're not disobeying the Bible. We are not forsaking the gathering in, in this context, in this situation that we are under. Now, again, we, we're gonna need to be really prayerful about that and, and consider, okay, when and how and should we gather? But it's just important to know um, there's a, such a thing as not forsaking it. And I would not say that's what we have been doing. We've tried to be faithful to God. Now, the second thing I want us to focus on is not forsaking to meet together. Now, it's really important you understand this is not just any meeting of Christians. This is a particular word um, that the, the word in Greek is synagogue. And that means to gather together. It's the same word that they use for the synagogue, which is the place where the Jews would gather to worship. And then where the early Christians would also gather to worship in the synagogue. This, this word in Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting to meet together, literally by definition means the assembly of everybody. If somebody is in the church, it's they're there. It's the assembly together. The NASB says, translates it, our, don't uh, neglect our own assembling. The HCSB puts it really well. It says, don't neglect our worship meetings. Uh, what Hebrews 10.25 is talking about is not anytime a couple of Christians hang out at a coffee shop. What Hebrews 10.25 is talking about is the, ga the gathering when all the saints get together. Now, all throughout the Bible, we see God interacting with saints as individuals and we see God gathering all the people of God together. We see that all throughout the Bible. Remember um, when, the, when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were assembled in all of their tents and at the very center of all the tents was the tabernacle. It was this symbolic picture that we are to gather around the person of Jesus. So that, that, is, that is something we see. We, we also see it, I love when we see it in the songs of ascent. 
in all throughout uh, the later Psalms, we see the people of God longing and yearning to go be together with the people of God. We, we actually, I, I just wanna read one Psalm for you, Psalm 84. This should, this should reflect your heart as a Christian when it comes to being with the people of God. Psalm 84, I'll just read a few verses. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Verse four, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Verse five, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. And then lastly, verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You know, one of the difficulties of this season, and there's been many difficulties of this season, but we have not been able to all get together and be in the courts of God, the, the presence of the saints together singing and making melody to one another, looking at each other's faces and hugging one another and just being reminded that there are a people who love to dwell in the house of God, to gather around God. That, that is something reflected all throughout the scriptures. We just love to be with the people of God. We see in the early church in Acts chapter 5, 42, let me read this for us. It says, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. They gathered in the temple and they went house to house. And then finally, we know this in the book of Revelation, it ends as every tribe, tongue and nation are gathered around the person of Jesus. And there's no temple there because Jesus is there and his presence is there. And we will together, all together be around God. And so that's what it means to meet together. Now, again, we are in a unique season. We are in a unique season where we cannot do, right now, even under the health guidelines, our church is bigger than 100 people, and that includes children. We cannot accomplish this task of gathering all together. And you know what? That actually is also something that happens often to the people of God throughout the Bible. There were times where the people of God were prohibited from gathering. This is what happened often in exile, where the people just missed and longed to be in the temple and they, they longed to be with God. And there were seasons where God prevented the people of God from being able to gather. But here's what is so important for us. When we are not able to all physically be together, we know that when Jesus came, John 1 says, the word became flesh and dwelt. That word is tabernacled among us. Jesus left heaven and came to be with us. And then when Jesus left, he sent the spirit of God to dwell in Christians, in every believer. And now you and I together corporately, we are the temple of God, the tabernacle of God in, in us. God dwells in and with us. And even though we may be in a valley of the shadow of death, and even though we cannot all get together, God is with us. 
Jesus is with us by his very spirit. And he still leads us in his rod and his staff. They comfort us. And so God is still with us. Now, now Hebrews 10.25 is speaking about the assembly. But, but it's also, it's just important for us in this season, especially as we cannot and have not been able to enjoy the assembly. It's important to remember this. There is, there is more, there is more to following Jesus than the assembly. We, we remember that worship is not just when we sing, that our very lives, obedience to God is worship. And we are to remember that we also are to scatter and to be salt and light in the world. We are to go out into the world and be faithful and have good deeds. We are to make disciples. We are to evangelize. We, we assemble, we gather, but then Christians also scatter. And in fact, we do spend the majority of our Christian lives, not all together, but out in the world being salt and light. And now, for some of us, we are, we are only, we tend, we may tend to only think about worshiping God and giving our attention to the word of God when we come to church, so to speak, when we gather in the assembly. And so this season, it's important for us to learn some of these lessons. No, there's more. Are we in genuine fellowship? Do we have real relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ who, who know us and who can speak to us and can speak truth to our lives, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through our brothers and sisters? Do we have those kinds of relationships? We are to obey God in every sphere, and that is worship. We are to, for ourselves, we are to study God's word and understand what he is like. Listen, it is good for us to be under biblical teaching and preaching, but we are also able, we have the spirit of God to study the Bible and to feed on it every day, to commune with God through and in his word for ourselves. This season is giving us the reminder that there's, there's more to Christianity than just an assembly. And it's, it's, it's significant for us to remember that. And so we've seen first, we are not to forsake. Secondly, the assembly. But now third, and this is really, um, this is this third thing is, is what God has like began to forge in my own heart this week. And it's, it's, uh, I'll be honest, it's been difficult for me. And this has been something that um, I, I really, really need to grow in. But, but look again with me, if you have your Bible at Hebrews 10, 25, it says, not neglecting to meet. And then what's that word that comes next? Together. Not neglecting to meet together. We as human beings, um, and let alone as, as Americans, we love our freedom and we love our rights and we love our independence. I love my freedom. I love my independence. And it is really difficult for me to adjust my life and um, 
even my convictions because there are other people. Uh, But listen, Christianity, even the assembly of the people of God is not to be done alone. By definition, the assembly of the people of God is when the people of God gather together, together. You see, there is, there is something that um, some of us tend to prioritize. Um, and I, I'm not sure exactly how to put it. I'll, I'll put it this way. I just, I am a, I'm a black and white thinker and I just wanna know what is true. What's true and then I'm just gonna do it no matter what. But Christianity also is when we are to consider one another. And, and there's another priority as significant as truth is and, and truth doesn't go away. There's another set of hundreds and hundreds of verses in the Bible and it's, a, it's along the lines of unity and love. And we need to do, put these two things together. We need to prioritize truth and we also need to prioritize love for one another. Now, I know some of us, when we hear, okay, the church is allowed to gather. Some of us are like, I, I need to gather right now because it is good and right and I'm allowed to and I want to. Um, but did you know there are other Christians who are at the moment not even, not even supposed to leave their house? Did you know at the moment that if we were to gather as a church, um, there would be no way to really love or consider our children? Do you know there's um, many families who have spouses who um, are at a high health risk. And so they may be healthy, but, but they're not gonna gather because they would literally be putting the, the health of their spouse at risk. Did you know this may not be you, but there are thousands of people in this community who are, are still really, really concerned. And so you may not be concerned and you may be uh, someone who doesn't want to wear a mask and someone who says, listen, this is, this is um, overblown and, and it's a conspiracy in one way or the other. It's, it's funny, I, I've noticed there's conspiracy theories on the right. There's conspiracy theories on the left. Uh, I'm not sure always which one is being talked about any given moment, but some of us are not concerned. But, but here's the truth. Christianity is about more than just you and Jesus we are to consider one another. You, if you're a Christian, are a member of the body of Christ. And the Sunday morning assembly that has been um, enjoyed by Christians for thousands of years is an assembly of everybody together. There is this priority of unity in the body of Christ where we are to fight for and preserve unity and togetherness in the body of Christ. Um, I'll just read for us 
a few verses this week that have been really significant for myself, for the staff, for the elders. Philippians 1, 27. Uh, this is in the same, this is in the same Bible um, as Hebrews 10, 25. And it, it says this, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come to you and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Listen, we are to consider the body of Christ around us and say, we gotta go side by side. We gather Jesus side by side. We go together. We consider one another. And some of us may be ready to gather, but, but those of us who may be wanting to gather today must realize, oh, my brothers and sisters, they may not be. And we need to strive to be together. We are not to let our own differences of opinion to divide the body of Christ, to, to judge their character or their hearts. We are to strive to be together side by side. One more Philippians 2. I'll just read the first few verses. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We as Reality Carpinteria want to be striving to not divide um, over how and when and what way we should gather again during the coronavirus. Now, again, there are many opinions on this. And so it's going to take great patience and grace for everybody to try and strive for one mind. Now, I, one more passage along this, these lines came to mind before I give you some information on what decisions we have made so far. Um, I'll, I think I'll just let you all know where I'm at on this. I, I joked last week, if you heard uh, the sermon, that I, I, as a kid, my, my grandparents always told me I was eating too fast. I just need to slow down. I just need to slow down. Um, that transcends my entire life and personality. I move too fast. I just want to go. Um, now, in the church in Corinth, if you remember the Corinthian church, they had many problems a lot of drama. If you ever think Reality Carp or any other church is messed up, listen, just read 1 Corinthians and you will realize, okay, we're doing okay. Um, now in 1 Corinthians 11, there was an issue in the church about some people in the church uh, 
not waiting for other people in the church to have the Lord's Supper. They just said, you know what? I want to take communion, so I'm going to take communion right now. I don't care who else is here. But the irony is the word communion means we do this thing together. That is why we actually have chosen not to digitally do communion. It's one way that we are waiting so that we can do this all together. Now, um, Paul is speaking to this church, and I'll just read a few verses. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17, uh, just hear this this word from Pastor Paul. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for worse. Now I just wanna pause right there and consider, um, you can gather as a church and it could be for the worse. You can gather together as Christians. And, and, and God could say, it would be better if you didn't even gather. We see that in the Old Testament as well, where the people were just doing the rituals and the sacrifices, but their hearts weren't in it. And God's like, I don't want that from you. And so this church gathered together, but it wasn't for the better, it was for the worse. And now why is that? Look at verse, uh, down to verse 20 to 22. He says, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, For in eating, one goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, and another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. What we can surmise from this is that there were some Christians who got to church early where they're gonna have the Lord's Supper and there'd be bread there and there would be wine. And they didn't wait for the rest of the church to get there. They just started eating all the bread and drinking all the wine, even to the fact of getting drunk. And then other Christians would come and there would be no more bread and wine left. And so they were going hungry and others were being drunk drunk in the church service. And Paul is like, that's not the Lord's supper. Yeah, you may come with the, eat the bread and drink the wine, but if you do it like that, that's not the Lord's supper. And then he even goes on to say, this is why some of you are sick and are dying. He's implying God was even judging this church because they were not considering one another as they were doing church. This is a serious thing. We are to consider gathering. Uh, we're to do it Together, we are to consider one another. So the question, when are the doors open so that we can gather Sunday morning at Reality Carpinteria? And the answer from uh, the staff and the elders at this moment is when it seems right to the Holy Spirit and to us. That's the answer. When will we gather? when it seems right to the Holy Spirit and to us. Again, we long to do this. We long to be together as the people of God. But there is, it's clear to to us as leaders, you know what? We just don't have all the information that we need to have to be putting potentially hundreds of people at risk. We just don't have all that information. We don't have the peace of God. And when you just gather hundreds of people in a community in a pandemic, it's no small thing. And so we need to get to a place where the leaders can say together, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to have our gathering. Uh, We've ordered supplies. We're preparing the building. 
we're getting our processes down so that we can do this right. And um, the way one of our elders put it, and I, I, it's so helpful to me, is we want to do this in a slow and measured way. Uh, Reality Stockton put together a letter about oh, the processes and the ways they're thinking through. And they, one of them said in that letter, a, a good plan is better than a fast plan. In particular, when lives are literally um, potentially at stake with these decisions, we want to make sure we do this in a way that is wise and safe, considerate to our neighbors, considerate to all the members of this community. Um, we want to do this together. We want to do this together. And I know for some of us, it may be, well, why don't you just let me gather? If, you, if it's, they don't want to come, then they don't have to come. But again, it says, when you gather together, we want to do this as a church together. Um, I want to close reading one little passage from the book of Genesis that is helpful for me in general. If you're someone like me who tends to want to move quick, uh, this, is, this is a beautiful little passage. Um, in Genesis chapter 33, this is the story where, um, if you remember Jacob and his brother Esau, Jacob stole Esau's birthright and he got blessed and then Jacob wanted, or Esau wanted to kill him. So Jacob ran away and he was gone for 14 years. I think it was 14. He worked seven for his first wife. He had to work another seven for his second wife. He gets a whole family. He's blessed and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back home. And so it's been a long time and he's, he's bringing all of these sheep and his family back with him to go home. And in Genesis 33, he, he meets, he sends messengers ahead to get Esau and Esau comes and he, he sees Jacob and his brother. There's this beautiful moment of reconciliation and they're hugging one another and they're celebrating and like, gosh, it's so good. And Esau is so excited. He's like, come on, let's go. It's time to go home. Let's go together. And pick, we'll pick up in verse uh, 12 to 14. Genesis 33, verse 12 to 14. It says, then Esau said, let us journey on our way and I will go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are frail and that the nursing flocks and herds are a care to me. If they are driven hard for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord and seer. What we see here is this beautiful picture of servant leadership in, in Jacob. He knew if I go too fast, I'm literally gonna kill people. I'm gonna be killing my sheep. I'm gonna be killing my children. I'm not gonna do that. And he disappointed his brother, his brother who was ready to run ahead, ready to go. And, and, and Jacob says, I need to go slow and I wanna consider everybody here. I wanna consider the kids. At, you guys at Reality Carp, we want to consider our kids. I want to consider my kids. I want my kids to be able to come to church. And my son loves worship music and he just loves to dance and he has a little ukulele and he just wants to sing worship music. And, and I want him to be able to come. 
and to sing and enjoy worship music. At the moment, we're not able to sing under the health guidelines and we wanna honor those things. And so we wanna, we wanna have a church that is ready to gather um, that's considering children, that can have a children's ministry that's ready for us all to gather together. And so until it seems right to the Holy Spirit and to the leaders of this church, what do we do? We long, we, we look to Jesus and we just long to be together. We long to be together. And what, what's so beautiful about that is that's actually a picture of the Christian life. In the Christian life, we enjoy the Lord and we, we have little tastes here and there of the kingdom of God. But, but really, what is the Christian life but longing, looking forward to the day when we will see Jesus face to face? And we'll be rid, rid of this broken body and this flesh that's so prone to wander and we will be with Jesus, renewed forever. And so we practice that longing and that waiting to be with him. And until then, we still have him. We have his very spirit and his rod and his staff that comfort us. And we have his word to nourish us. And we have brothers and sisters in Christ. And listen, if, if you have tended to be more alone in this season, I just wanna encourage you, reach out to another brother or sister in Christ reach out, even be texting, be praying for, for one another, find ways to do the worship guide or study God's word and to get in one another's lives and to pray together. And, and the, the last thing I, I wanna say to us is this, is just to remember 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, if I had everything in the world, every spiritual gift, and I was so radical for Jesus, but I had not love, I'm just a, clanging symbol. I'm just a noisy gong. It's my prayer. It is our prayer at Reality Carp that we would be a church that is marked uh, by love, by love for Jesus, first and foremost. We would love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, and then we would love one another, not judge one another, be merciful, be gracious with one another. Listen, guys, your pastors and elders and staff were human beings. We could be totally wrong. Um, and so we're asking for you to be gracious and to trust the Lord and, and to pray for wisdom for us so that we could do this in a way that honors the Lord and honors the gathering where we're all together. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you condescended, that you left heaven, that you put others before yourself that you died on the cross and you, and you said whoever would look to you and come to you would have their sins washed away and, and would receive your righteousness. Jesus, you, you laid down your life for others. And as a church, we, we're, we're right now being forced to lay down some preferences, um, even our good desires to gather together. Um, and we're just trusting you, Lord trusting that you are at work, that you are sovereign, that you are doing good things in each of our hearts, in each of our lives, that you are deepening what it is to walk with you and to follow you, that you are deepening our longing to be with the people of God and ultimately our longing to be with you. So we love you. I thank you that you will sustain your church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. You will sustain your people here. You are our shepherd. 
And we trust you, King Jesus. We trust you as our good shepherd. It's in Jesus' name, amen.